Praise. Go remember what we began last week. So if we go with some place for prayer, I mean in prayer. Uh, do you remember? Give me a call. Yeah. Give me a call. Praise God. Dial 999. No. <laughs> but now dial 33.3. You know, that's, that's Jeremiah 33.3. Let's go again to that scripture in, in uh, the Amplified Version. You know, there are so many good things that are happening in our lives. There are so many good things that are happening in this nation. Let me tell you something. It depends on your focus. Again, I'll say it, very important. There are so many good things that are happening upon our lives. There are so many good things that are happening in our nation. There are so many good things that are happening in the church. It depends on your focus. I was talking to a certain individual today, and uh, uh, started reminding me of some things that you've prayed over the years and some things that look so, so impossible. In fact, uh, it's a lady, she was telling me that it didn't look like it was ever going to be that way when you first prayed, started praying. And then giving me a, you know, she was just sharing, but started realizing there's so many good things that are happening until there's some things right now that haven't broken through yet, but then you realize that is nothing compared to all what has happened. So listen to this. If you and I are not careful, we can focus on the negative and miss out the things that have happened, good things that have happened. That's what, this is what it means, that we'll miss out to offer true thanksgiving to God because you are focusing on the wrong things. So we need to focus on the things that God has done in our lives. Look at this uh, about thanksgiving. The, the leper, that one who went back, went, uh, the, the Bible says that he, he went back and he lay down on his face giving thanks. And let, let's go there first and then come back. I, I like pushing, moving forward to make progress. But years ago, I realized that, and I have to really remind myself, because you see, if you are pushing, you, you want to experience something, you want to see results, if you are not careful, you are focused on that which hasn't happened yet, and you, you, you forget of so many good things that have happened. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So I, I, I like, you keep focusing on, on you, we need to do this, we need to do this, but if you're not careful then, you won't give thanks to God for the things that have already happened. So that's good. I mean, have you, have you seen nine, good, nine, nine out of ten, there are good things that have happened, and then the tenth looks so horrible, but instead of focusing on the nine that have happened, and give glory to God, you focus on the one. Anyone's been there? That's what I'm talking about. You can focus on just that one thing while you ought to be focusing on what God has done. Are you going to, you know, to forget about this one thing? No. 
I'm telling you, if you are the one who made nine to work, then you'll make the, you could have done ten and ten. But you are not the one who made the, the nine to work. You just depended on the grace of God. So depend on the grace of God also to finish the tenth one. Look, look at this in, in Luke 17. When, when he came back, I won't read the whole of it. But, that, but he says, uh, verse, verse 15, he says, One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, uh, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? You know, I've heard it being said that, uh, you know, the other Samaritan didn't have a priest, so he had to return to the one that he knew. The others had gone to the priest. But uh, I understand when, when a person says that. But listen this. Jesus is the one who asked, where are the nine? You know, he didn't, he didn't just, he didn't talk for the sake of talking. You know, like say, sometimes you say Kerea. Jesus didn't have careers in his mouth. You understand? If he's saying something, he's saying something. That's exactly what it is. He said he never said anything except that which he had from the Father. So he didn't have any career or nakadalika in his mouth. He said what he said was yes and what he said was amen. All right? So when he's asking where, he wasn't confused. This is what it means. I mean, if I, I, I be here in the meeting and I say, oh, where is my wife? What am I expecting? I expected her to be here. Come on now. I'm expecting her to be here. So what, what is Jesus saying? I expected the other nine also to be here with you. But where are they? I don't care how much they are giving testimonies out there. As far as the creator of heaven and earth, they were at the wrong place. Adam, where are you? Do you think God couldn't see where he was? God knew exactly where he was. But what was he talking about? He was talking of his place of assignment, his position. He had left his position. He was no longer in the place that God had created him to be. So he's asking, where are you? So he's asking, where are the nine? And, and, and were they not any found who returned to give glory to to, to God except this foreigner and we see that actually giving glory is giving what? Thanks. And he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. This amazes me all the time because he says, your faith has made you well. Think about this then. The others went, they didn't return. But this one who returned to give thanks was a demonstration of faith. So what did he receive? He was made whole. So do you agree with me? He received more than the nine? That's what thanksgiving does. It brings a completion. Something that has been lacking now is brought to a conclusion. It's brought to a closure. That's the, the better word. It's brought to a closure. It's, there's a wholeness to it. W-H-O-L-E-S-S. -E -S. All right? Let's go to our Jeremiah, Brother Jeremiah. Jeremiah 33, 3, the Amplified Version says this, that call to me and I will answer you and tell you. 
You don't have to think, you and I have to think of the foundational of trust, the foundations of trusting God. Call unto me and I will answer you. Now, do you go to God with an expectation of an answer or you have religious observance? Very important. You need to, 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 to assess yourself. Uh, I mean, to, to examine yourself. That's the word. You need to examine yourself. Whatever you are doing before the Lord, when you go in prayer, are you convinced? Are you convicted? Uh, convinced concerning his promises? He says, when you call unto him, he will answer you. Remember, remember Luke chapter 13, where he says, knock and it shall be opened, starting from verse 9. And he says what? Seek, and you shall, uh, knock, and you shall be opened. Seek, and you shall find. The other one, ask, and you shall be given to you. Knock, and it shall be opened. Seek, and you'll find. For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who seeks, finds. For everyone who knocks, it shall be opened. Now, on that basis, it should be the, our foundation in seeking. Every time. Every time we come for prayer, we need, we go to prayer, we speak into the Lord, we need to understand this. God has promised. It's impossible for him to lie. He has promised when he asks, when we ask from him, we shall receive. What, how? What are you going to ask? You ask according to his will. You know, this is what I say concerning praying in the spirit. And not just what I say, because I can, I can show you from the scriptures. Praying in the spirit, which is actually, I'm talking about praying in tongues, will lead you, you, you lead you into the prayers, actually, that you're supposed to pray according to God's will. You may start out here and you say, Father, you know, I lift up thanksgiving. Why? Based on the word of God. And I do not know how to pray as I ought, but I'm coming to you, Father, in faith and believing for the utterance of the Spirit to guide me into all truth, to guide me into all truth. Do you need truth in your prayer? Yes, to be guided into all truth because you're seeing an aspect that is happening in your life, but that's not actually, that, 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 that's not what is, what is supposed to be, but what you are seeing is a fruit. I don't know if I'm explaining myself clear here. What you are seeing is a fruit. But praying by the Spirit is leading you to the roots. You see what I'm saying? Praying in the Spirit is leading you to the roots. You are going to the roots. You are dealing with that situation. And if you deal with the roots, the fruit will be no more. You know, if you... If you if you, you go to a tree and you know exactly what you've done, cut the taproot, it doesn't matter if it looks like the, this is a mango tree, it doesn't matter if it looks like the mangoes are ripe, you know it's just a matter of time. <laughs> I feel like sometimes the devil does that in Christians' lives. He says, oh, it doesn't look how good it looks out, you know, the appearance, but I already cut off the, the taproot. We need to have that taproot always connected to the ground. Amen? Think about this, which, which I look at also about prayer and, and fellowshipping with the Lord. is like the umbilical cord 
between the, the embryo or whatever that's, that stage of the baby is in the womb and the mother. If there's no that tubercle cord is cut, that baby is dead. Think about your prayer life. Think about the word, the, the life that we receive through the word as that umbilical cord to keep your fellowship with the Father constant over and over again that you may, you may be nourished. All right. So he says, call on me and I'll answer you and I'll tell you and even show you great and mighty things. Do you think you've seen great and mighty things? I think there's much more. Amen? There is much more. I will show you. He said, I will tell you and even show you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. He says, this will happen. But what am I looking for? I'm looking for someone who will call me. Again, I'm saying there's so many good things that are happening in this nation. You know, right now you may be so much... Uh, Maybe our focus is on that uh, petition and you've been caught since morning and evening, you know, to the evening you are following it up. Uh, you know that won't help you. That won't help you really. You, you see what I'm saying? You, you need really to, to get into the word of God and believe God for this nation. There are purposes of God for this nation. First thing we need to know, to know that. And if there's anything that the devil is fighting, is God's purposes for the nation. Why is that so? He knows if he can cause chaos in our nation, that will affect us, even as believers. You know, if it was chaotic, we can't, we can't even gather here this evening. That's why that First Corinthians, uh, Timothy chapter 2 says that we, we may have, uh, we may live, we may lead a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. That's why we need to pray for our nation and believe God for our nation. Jeremiah 3, 3, the Amplified Classic Version says, Call unto me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. And I said so many things, so many times we underestimate the power there is in prayer. If we know that there is more than what we have known, then we will never stop seeking. You'll never stop seeking. Let's go to that uh, Luke chapter, chapter 11, the one I said earlier on. Luke 11. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you, verse 9. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be open to you. <laughs> I remember on 21st of June, 1996, uh, I'd given my life to Christ on Monday, and then on Friday evening, I, was, oh, I felt bad. I feared. And I, I wanted to know, has this thing that has happened real to me? I started crying to the Lord. And I remember at some point, I'm telling you the truth, I was crying my heart out. That's how I felt. I needed him. And then at some point, I didn't know I knew any scripture apart from John 3.16. I just didn't know I knew another scripture. 
But I found myself saying, God, and I'm telling you, I'm, you know, from within me, it's a passion. It's a, despa- a cry of desperation. God, you have said, if I knock, you'll open. Why are you not opening? <laughs> you know, I say, you need to open that door for me. You know, I thought, just open a door. Some, I had no idea what I said. But I'm telling you, I cried out. And my dad and my mom had, you know, far in their bedroom. I was crying. It was at night. And my mom told my dad, you need to go and check out how, what is happening to your son. Because if he starts saying about being open for, then he's dying. My mom was not born again. So my dad came to ask me of, uh, Davis, is, are you okay? I said, Dad, I'm okay. Are you okay? I said, I'm okay. But the good part of it was God just allowed me. You know, if you talk for, you've been talking for one hour, you know, so you need to keep your mouth shut so that you can hear. I've ever, I've ever thought about this. I had this, it was so interesting that there's a certain man who's in ministry, he was so frustrated and so many things that he needed to do, to do in the ministry. And he went before the Lord with those, all those needs and actually was complaining and complaining, not praying, complaining and complaining and complaining. Then he said, it dawned on him. He is a man who knows nothing in the presence of someone who knows everything and it is doing all the talking. He said that came by revelation. He kept quiet and he had the answer from God. Has that ever happened to you? You do all the talking. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah, God. And you do all the talking. Listen, you're in the presence of someone who knows everything and yet you are doing all the talking. How should it be? If you're in the presence of of the one who knows everything, you better keep quiet. You better say some things and then keep quiet and listen to what he's going to tell you. Thank you for your enthusiasm, but is that, that the truth? We do that many times, really. And he said he got the answer, actually, by just doing that. And sometimes we do that. We talk and talk and talk and talk, yet we are supposed just to keep your mouth shut and hear him speak to us. Do you know that night what happened? He answered me. My dad came to save me. <laughs> He's come into the room, actually, to save me. Because immediately after, you can think of how my, my face was with the tears and everything that comes from this facial side. <laughs> it was all over covering my face. And I told my dad, oh, please, would you get my, my handkerchief from there, from my trousers? And he did, and I wiped my face. And I told him, Dad, you can go back to sleep. As he left, so I started seeing. This was my experience. You understand? It doesn't mean everyone, it doesn't mean everyone experiences this, but this was, this was my experience. I started seeing every sin, it was that way to me. Like every sin that I'd committed will come and I ask God to forgive me and it will pass. And I'll say, oh God, forgive me and it will pass. That's what happened. It was like videos, a video will come and show me something that I did. And I'll say, God, forgive I feel so bad. I feel so bad. And then it passed. When all is, was done, I started just rejoicing. And I heard him for the first time speaking to me. Listen, when he, take, he speaks to us, he changes everything. But he has said this, when you ask, it will be given. When you seek, you will find. When you, we knock, it will be opened. Look at verse 10. For, for some people ask, 
receive. Come on, huh? How many people? Are you included? You need to be thinking that way. This is, this is my admonition to you. You need to have such conviction that when you go before the Lord, he answers you. Based on that, based on the word. Based on God's word, that is a lie. If all of us knew that way, we'll all want to be in prayer meetings. Because we know God is faithful to answer every prayer that we make by faith according to his word. Therefore, it will change things in our communities and it will change things in our neighborhood. You know, I was being told of a, of a, a Sunday, people, Sunday, Sunday when people come into church, they're finding lots of people out there in that club. You know, I don't come, we don't come that, from that side. But I say, just confusion. I say, then we are going to close it. Then we are going to close it. How are we going to do that? Hey, who's supposed to be ruling in this area? Us. It's us who's supposed to be ruling in this area. So if we start, we keep saying, seeing such things happening in our neighborhood and thuggery and all that, then it means we are not effective in the spirit as we should. Oh, I'll say it again. If in your neighborhood there is thuggery and on and on and on, then you as a believer, you are not effective as you should. You are not. Then you need to go to a higher level. He said there's too much thuggery nowadays. I need to shift, to move. Who told you where you're going? There's no thuggery. Who's supposed to stop what is happening? You ought to. Who was in actual sense ruling Babylon in the time of, of, of Daniel? It was Nebuchadnezzar, it was Daniel. So we need this to stop over here. I don't know, I'm listening to the Lord. I don't know if I'm, I'll do some prayer walks. So years ago we, we, we did that with a Duncan, uh, Dico Duncan. We'll meet here at 6 o'clock and do some prayer walk around here. And praying in the Holy Ghost. We need to, to bring down that, that stronghold of the enemy. Whatever it is. We need to bring it down. You say you are closing people's business. That's not a business. I don't care who owns it. That's not a business. We are the people. I challenge you in the name of Jesus to rise up in your neighborhood. And start ruling there. If this is happening and we are here, then it means as the church, we are not effective as effective as we should. We need to acknowledge that first. And then what are we supposed? We need to be effective now. We need to start praying for this neighborhood more seriously and by faith and to see, the, the, to receive the strategies of God to bring down the works of the enemy from around here. Now we have a church, we have another church, we have another church, we have several churches here, but it means all of us as a church in, the, in this community, we are not as effective as we should. Okay. It's, that's a fact. It's, but I thought you were going to encourage me. That's an encouragement. You need to wake up. 
That's what it is. That's an encouragement. We need to wake up. If people are being mugged over here, and there's recently uh, I heard of someone, a certain young lady in the morning uh, was kidnapped, whatever it is, for, for some minutes and was raped. Around here. It shouldn't happen. I said it shouldn't happen. I say it shouldn't happen because we are here. And we'll start doing this. And when I call, if I sense that's what the Lord wants us to do, a prayer walk, I want you to be with us. Amen. I really want you to be with us. And, and take a prayer walk around here and start, and start praying in there. We walk around. I mean, nowadays it's so easy. You have even our masks. You know, you people go, you just have your mask around here. And, and, but, but I found that 6 from 6 a.m., it worked for us one hour. Actually, we'll walk around here, move that way, and then come back. And the next Saturday, we'll go that way. And then another one, that's what we used to do. Duncan and I, two of us, will come and meet you at 6 a.m. and we go. I'm looking for people who will stand with me and for prayer to change this community. We need to be effective. Amen? We need to see people being brought, being brought out of the kingdom of darkness and coming into the kingdom of light because we are the light of the world. But it begins right there with prayer. Do you know as a church we have, we have the word? I know I'm speaking to a small portion of us this evening compared to the whole church. But do you know as a church it doesn't take 10,000 people to change a nation it takes just one or two in agreement, and that changes the nation. Really, it does. But listen to this. Um, do, do you know as a church we have the word? What we need is much more energy in prayer and be effective doers of the word and to change our community. But the word you have. Over and over again, over the years, taught the word and taught the word and taught the word. And, and most likely, sometimes when you go to, to places, uh, maybe you, you travel and you start sharing the word, maybe they think you're a pastor. <laughs> yeah, I've heard these people coming from Victor, they say, oh, you, are you, I, I didn't know you were a pastor. No, I'm not a pastoress. I'm a believer. I serve in my church. Many people, anyone who's ever been called a pastor? Yeah, Pastor Ruth, Pastor Faith, Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Bali, Pastor. Are you many of them? You know why that is? Because the word of God is inside of you. And they start realizing, anyone who's ever been told by a pastor, that I, I didn't know you were a pastor. You know, yeah, you say, Dr. Kabaji over there. Yep, even pastors. And, and then do you know what, for me, what they call me? Bishop. They don't want to call me. Seriously, they don't want to call me a pastor. They say, hey, please, I'm a pastor. He said, Bishop. <laughs> so there's a certain man, even two days, a certain pastor called me. I said, Bishop. I said, no, no, no. I'm a pastor. That's fine, but you are a bishop. A certain man from Uganda came, a pastor. He's a, he's a bishop. I knew, I knew me as I go. He kept calling me a bishop. I said, forget about that bishop thing. I'm a pastor. There's one I went to the church to minister to, and then I spoke. Uh, he spoke to bring me up, and he said, would you welcome Bishop uh, Davis Kimon? Then I went up, and I said, no, I'm not a bishop. I'm a pastor. And then, uh, so all of you should know that I'm a pastor. Just call me Pastor Davis and all that. Then when that pastor, when I was through, that pastor came back, and he said, you all can call him 
pastor, but he's my bishop. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Titles or no titles, we are looking for effectiveness. Amen? We are looking for believers who have been with Christ and will turn the world upside down. Go back to Luke 11. I want us to pray. <clears throat> I want us to pray for this area. All right? For this area. We are marking the territory in the spirit. This is our territory for the Lord. If we have all those things happening, then they need to come to church and get born again. Yes. <laughs> but do you remember this? <clears throat> Those who've been coming here, remember that line? This is a straight line, yeah? Okay? Look at it as a straight line, okay? Forget about your art class. <laughs> all right, then, uh, let's say we're in this earthly realm. We're walking in the world. We are, we are, though we are in the world, we are not of the world. And then I should have used another color. You need, you need, now, nowadays, there's so many things available. But you need to, to go on YouTube and watch space. And look at the planets. That's amazing, intriguing. You know, I was thinking the other day, I, I really laughed. I had a statement made and, and I started laughing. I thought about this. When Adam sinned, remember he was, he, was create, he was in the Garden of Eden and he was on earth, where we are now. What God could have done, he could have, you know, think, I, was, I was just laughing of how much God loves man. He could have left Adam in the planet earth with the devil and go to Mars and create another human being. <laughs> you understand? And, and go, because there are plenty of pl uh, planets that are bigger, bigger than the Earth. That the Earth even has several of Earths, plural, will have to enter into one planet. Can you imagine? So he could have left him with his planet. Others say, you deal now with the devil. Stay right there. That's upon you. I told you, you continue eating your tree. <laughs> with your father, the devil. And then, let's go to Mars or let's go to Jupiter. Let's go to another planet and form another man and call him Davis. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but isn't it amazing how God loves people? Because he could have left the, the Adam there and he stayed there until he dies and goes to hell. But no, he is a God of the plan. And his plans are good. Now, look at this then. This is the earth over here. And what we are dealing with in this community right here is uh, right there which are principalities, that is uh, in uh, Ephesians 1, I mean Ephesians 6, going from verse 10, going on principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, da-da-da-da-da. That's what we are dealing with, actually, right there. But look at this, which I'm going to show you so that you can pray from, from that position. Here is the heaven of heavens, 
heaven of heavens, which is the God dwells in this place. The Bible says he inhabits eternity. But then, that's not all. We live on this earth, Aldroman. We live here, we're walking on this earth, but the Bible says this, our citizenship is in heaven. What does the Bible say in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6? We have been raised together with him. We have been made to sit together with him far above, far above here. That's why he says this, I, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go ye in my name, and no principalities, no powers, no wickedness shall rule over us if we understand who we are in Christ. So again, as I told you over, over several weeks I mean, of teaching, then we need to be thinking our operation is from here. We are not on earth trying to take authority over one above us, but we are up here in Christ, and we are taking authority of principalities, power, and darkness that are ruling in darkness, in, in, in ruling over the hearts of men and causing every kind of chaos. We need to take authority over this area. Amen? If I ever call for meetings, will I have you? Yeah, I really want, I want people who can stand with us in prayer and have more time in prayer and, and just believe in God for, for this area. Just think about this church. How many people are around here? Just around this place here, this church won't be able to carry the number of those children. This other church also, they won't be able to accommodate all these people because there are too many. We need them. Our passion should be to save, to bring people into the kingdom of God. Quickly, <clears throat> it says this, For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Any parent like that? So that he can take you to the chief. And, and if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? What's your answer? If we ask for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Lord has used this scripture over the years, personal, and I received as a, as a revelation. But I'm telling you, if someone is not, if I pray for someone and they don't speak in tongues, I have to look at them and say, what's your problem? Let me give you instruction because you're not following the instruction because I always have results in praying in tongues. And if you don't speak in tongues tonight, by the way, you can come and you'll be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You have other believers even here. It doesn't have to be me. But, but always lead people into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Always happens. Always. I've seen that from the year 2000. That is always I don't have to think like, are they going to speak or not? No, I realize it's the will of God for everyone to speak in tongues, every believer. Now, let's go to some scriptures here, and then we pray. I wish I'd be able to cover this. In uh, Isaiah, so over here I get this scripture. 
Isaiah 20, 25, Isaiah 25, verse 7. Let's start from verse 6. Let's start from verse 6. It says, And in this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces. A feast of wines on the lees, of fatty things full of marrow, of well-refined wines on the lees. And then he says this, And he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. There it is. Do you see that? Okay, let me explain this. And he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people. And then he says this, and the veil that is spread over all nations. So look at this. The veil, if the Lord destroying the veil that is spread over all nations, it means he's not the one who created that veil. You see what I'm saying? He's not the one who created that veil. Who created that veil? It's the devil. What is that for? To veil the people from the truth. So he's the one who created that veil over the nations of the world. So actually, that's what we see from the book of Daniel. That's what controls the destiny of nations when the church is sleeping. When the church is sleeping, that's what controls the destiny of nations. You know, people don't, understand, don't know, many, even some believing, some Christians, they don't understand this. I'm telling you this. The plans of the enemy concerning this nation, even during these elections, could have been bloodshed all over. I've read over to you, those who've been coming for meetings for a long time, of uh, Derek Prince says in 1961, when they were praying for this nation, the plan was to plunge this nation into bloodshed. God delivered our nation. I was in 1978, uh, no, I wasn't there, but I sat down in a meeting of Apostle Harry Das. He says when he came to Kenya, the, the founder of Crisco Churches, when he came to Kenya, they were praying. I had him in 1996, I think 1996, in Move On Convention. They were praying for this nation because the plan of the enemy was to, when Mzee Kenyatta died, now to plunge this nation into bloodshed. But he says we saw big demons ready to take over this nation. We prayed. Oh, God opened our eyes. We saw that. We prayed and made sure those demons are no longer in this nation. And there was a power transition from Mze Kenyatta to Mze Moi. And it continued. In fact, I was telling the staff yesterday, I was blessed to receive a book from Lee Njiru, uh, you know, the uh, president's pressman, and I'm reading it. It's so intriguing. I like stories. <laughs> and I had, it's a long story, but I had so much favor that he even signed mine and gave, gave it to me. I felt, my goodness, I felt like I've been in State House all the years with him. It felt so good. So I started reading it, and I'm reading it, and I kept reading it. Was it, was it on Monday? I started a little bit. I thought, it's taking much of my time. But on Monday, it was my off day, and I kept, I read pages. 
Tina came once trying to talk to me and I'm reading. I'm reading. Later on, she picked up the book. She started reading. I said, girl, you're reading my book. I haven't even finished. It's so intriguing. If you're able to get it, get it. But you know how? If you are spiritual-minded, you will see the powers of darkness that, are, that have tried to take over the nation. I'm telling you, even right now as believers, if we are not being in faith and continue being in faith, it's not over. I'm not talking about your candidate. I'm talking about the purposes of God. It's not over. If we stay in faith, even whatever comes to the Supreme Court, even after that, the nation will just move forward. Amen. Everything about, but I want my, my president to be declared. Oh, that's your problem. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking of higher purposes in God. So that the nation will turn from, just move on, and it becomes better and better for those who are going to live by faith. Listen this, church. The world is not going to become better in any way. But for the just who shall live by faith, it's going to become better and better and better. So there is a veil. What's the will of God? Is to do what? To destroy it, the veil that is spread uh, over nations. Look at verse 8. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he'll take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. Does that remind you in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that death is swallowed up in victory? Does that remind you the book of Revelation? So what is this scripture telling us in verse 7? Going back to verse 7, it's showing us there's a veil that covers all the nations of the world, but you and I are not supposed to be under that veil. Let's go 2 Corinthians 4 quickly. 2 Corinthians 4. Look at this. He says, uh, verse, verse 3, but even if our gospel is veiled, you see that? Even if our gospel is veiled, do you see that? It is veiled to those who are perishing. Oh, so this veil should not, should not affect you and I. It is veiled to those who are perishing. And then he says this, whose minds the God of this age. It's an age. Remember, there are powers of the age to come. He'll be thrown away into the lake of fire. His rulership control is just for a moment. But listen to this, church. He's not supposed to control you and I. We are in Christ. We have been given authority. We have been raised with Christ. We have been made to sit at the right hand of the Father. He is not supposed to be controlling you and I. That's why you should not be speaking his language of lack, insufficiency, broke, sick, weak. No. That's not us. We are in Christ. Listen, we don't pray from the, the, the position of defeat. We pray for them from the position of victory. Because of what is done for us. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe lest the, li let, lest the light of the light lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. For we preach not to ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your bond service for Je Jesus sake. Look at verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shone in our hearts. That means 
There's no veil in us. He has shone. If you didn't attend this class, you know, English class in your school, it shone is past tense. You understand? It's already happened. It's not that it's going to shine. It's shone. God, listen, to the world, remember Isaiah, the scripture that we read, to the world they're being covered by this veil, but to us, we're not covered by this veil. Why is that so? God, who spoke, who commanded light to shine out of darkness, when did he do that? In Genesis chapter 1, he commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts, this is the reason for him shining in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In other words, we are supposed to have revelation knowledge concerning how to operate in the kingdom as people of the kingdom. Not defeated. I hate any, every kind of, any kind of addiction. It's a bondage. Can I give you one of it? Can I give you some insight concerning an addiction? You know, I can start a day without a cup of tea. You're in trouble. Mimi. Kashai ni kikunya tu asbui. Bila kashai changu mimi ni meu. Mrs. Kivzuri. Kichwa kinafanya nda. 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 I don't want that. I don't want that. In the coastal region... They, they say, uh, tighter heels is cold. Very cold. It gets cold. Many people think like tighter heels is, you say, that's the Mombasa. No, it's cold. It's high, it's high altitude, actually. But it's really cold. And I think one of the reasons it's very cold because in, in, it's still in tighter, tighter heels. That's the highest peak. We have the highest peak in the coast province. In Tata Hills. So think about this. If you think geographical and all that, all that's coming from the ocean is coming to find a higher place. And so it's foggy. When you're going to a district, it used to be district headquarters called Undani, they, 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 wrote, they, they write all this, be aware of fog, drive slowly. And people think, like, oh, up in Mombasa. No, it's Tata Hills. It's not Mombasa. Mombasa is uh, the low altitude. Now look at this then. So then, among the coast people, Taitas are known to just take tea. It's cold. So they make jokes. They, they, you know, they, they, they joke around because, you know, in every, every, every place there are some cultures, you know, Taitas feel like Griyamaza. You know, and this, you know, just, just that, that demonic... Uh, attitude, they feel like, ah, you just, you, you look like a Griam. It's not like they're better. You, you understand? People like maybe in Kiambu, they think, ah, ah these people from Nyeri. You know, it's, it's not like people from, from Maragol think, ah, we are the most studious, learned people. Who told you that? You're mistaken. We, the sugars are good. No, just kidding. <laughs> but, but look at this then. So in Taita, they will say this, that, that there's some coastal people, they say, the Taitas, they, they say, Nipatie Chaichapo. You know, that is, if you understand the language, you feel like they just want tea all the, <laughs> all the time. In fact, 
When I got married, Tina, she would tell me that titers and all that. I said, I'm not, I'm not a titer. I'm born from heaven. Praise God. So I don't have to have tea in the morning. I just don't have to. I was helping someone. Mama gave her testimony years ago when, when, when she came to this church. Which year was that, Mama? 208. When she came to this church, she said she had a flask. She used to have a flask in the house. The whole day on the table, she took tea all through. Until she came and she had a Daniel fast, she didn't realize she was in such bondage. Tea left her. She no longer takes flasks. <laughs> that's, that's true, Baba. Yeah, really. That's how she got delivered from taking too much tea. Now, taking tea is not sin. But listen to this. If you can't live without it, you have a big problem. You're in a big problem. Now, look at this then, quickly. So, are you seeing that veil? Are you seeing that veil? Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Turn back there in 2 Corinthians. Chapter, oh, chapter 4, let's go down there. Sorry, what did I say? Chapter 3, sorry. Chapter 3. Oh, I don't want to. Look at verse 12 quickly. Oh, we have to pray. Look at this. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use such greatness, great boldness of speech, and like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded, that's the children of Israel, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Why is that so? I'll make a statement here. In the Old Testament, Christ is veiled. In the New Testament, Christ is unveiled. Let me say it in other, in other words. In the Old Testament, Christ is not revealed. In the New Testament, Christ is revealed. Okay? Then he says this. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, are we in there? The veil is taken away. Christ is revealed. In the old covenant, is Christ veiled. In the New Testament, in the New Covenant, is Christ revealed. Veiled, revealed. And then he says this, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord, there is what? Liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, have been transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We, though being on this earth, we are being transformed into that image as we look at him over and over again. We look at this word, we receive revelation of who he is to us. We've been lifted up from glory to glory so that we operate fully from this realm. Amen? Quickly, Ephesians 2, 6. It says this, uh, and, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly presence in Christ Jesus. Is that above the veil? Is that above the veil? Yes, it's above a veil. We've been raised up to sit together with him 
and, and, and in the heavenly places, when you turn back to Ephesians 1, it says, that place is this, in verse, verse, verse 21, far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Go to Ephesians 6 quickly. We'll elaborate further next week. But let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. It talks about the whole armor, which is a wonderful part of our prayer. Maybe we'll do that ne- next week. But listen to this here. Oh, from verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Church, you have to. Strong in your own strength? No, you have to get to the word of God and, and be strengthened. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age. He's not going to rule the age, the age to come. No, the Lord is coming. Of this age, against spiritual hosts of wicked place, wickedness in the heavenly places. But where are we seated? Far above. Listen, our strength is only in Christ. No else. No else. I remember I had a, a, again. I, I remember the date. It was twenty third of September, uh, two thousand and one. It was on a Sunday. If you check it out, it was on a Sunday, twenty third September, two thousand and one. And it was in the afternoon after the Sunday service, and I was lying down. I had no bed. I was lying on the floor. And then I had um, more of a vision than a dream in the afternoon. It was clear. And then um, there was someone who needed the ghost intervention, really. And uh, what was with this man, the man was tall and huge. And then I, uh, this individual who needs who needed intervention said, uh, "This is Davis." And the man looked at me and he said, "He looked at he looked at this this individual and said, you think I don't know him?'" And then he reached out his hand to strangle this individual. Then I'm telling you, a little man in that dream, I looked at that man. I say, "In the name." of Jesus. He left that individual and I woke up. I felt like I'd grown 10 feet taller. I, it felt good. That's how it, it is in the spirit realm, people. It is that way. Don't ever underestimate the power within you. The power is right inside of you. And I'm telling you, activate it in prayer. And you know what happened? The person was delivered. I felt so good that those giants in the spirit realm know me. Because we're in Christ. Amen. They know you too. Stand up on your feet. Let's activate that power. Amen. Let's walk in the spirit around here. This area. Listen, let's take authority over the things that the Lord will tell you. And, And we want to loosen people around here. Amen. Father, let's lift up our hands, everyone, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
you have positioned us in this garden estate. You brought us. I remember even the word you spoke to Pastor Zued and Carla many years ago. That you will bring us, you appoint a place for us, and we shall move no more. And you planted us in this area. But Father, I acknowledge this. On our part, we've not been as effective as we should be in dealing with the enemy around this, in, in around, around this community. And therefore, Father, we offer ourselves this night, this evening, as a living sacrifice. Lord, we want our communities or the community around us to be impacted with the word of God to be delivered from the kingdom of darkness and every activity that is taking place around this community that does not glorify the Father. We stand in our authority in the name of Jesus and take authority over the devil. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We bring down your works. We have been planted. We have been given authority in the name of Jesus. Therefore, we take authority over all your works around this estate in the name of Jesus. Father, we plead the blood of our lives, the blood of mercy, the blood of grace, and we yield to your spirit, and we are shielded by your power and by your ability. And Father, we ask you right now, as you take authority over the veil of the enemy that has blinded the minds of them who do not believe in this area. We say in the name of Jesus, light be. Light be all over this area in the name of Jesus. No more thuggery. No more prostitution. No more world parties. Father, thank you for the supernatural opening of our eyes tonight as we pray. The supernatural opening of, your eye, of our eyes, Father. And that our gates are open for sinners. And Lord, we ask you for insight and revelation of how to reach out to this community around us. As people of faith and bring them into the kingdom of God. Go ahead and pray the Holy Ghost. I really want you to get into it in these few minutes we have. Amangea. Amangea. Gandamandre sedebakuya. Anes. Landamandre sedebaka. Thank you, Lord. 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 I want you to say that same you know, position of prayer. Let me give you some scriptures that I had as you pray. As you are praying. In, some, uh, in Job 37, this is what I had inside of me. 
the voice of the Lord roars like a lion. Now, but you remember that's in the spirit realm. It's even roaring, thundering, and all the effects of his voice when he roars. Listen, this in, in Job 37. Can you have it there, please, in verse, from verse 1? It says, And this also my heart trembles, and leaps from his place, hear attentively the thunder of his voice. Now let me tell you something. He uses your voice and mind by faith to thunder in an area. That's what I, that's, I kept sensing that in my heart. And the rumbling that comes from his mouth, we are his mouth. And the rumbling that comes from his mouth, he sends it forth under the whole heaven. He sends it forth under the whole garden estate and the area. His lightning to the ends of the earth. This is a small area compared to his voice. And listen to this. After it, after it, a voice does what? Roars. He thunders with his majestic voice. We are his voice. And he does not restrain them, restrain them when his, his voice is heard. God thunders marvelously with his voice. He does great things which cannot be, cannot comprehend. For he says on and on and on and on. You see that? Do you see that? All right, let me give you another scripture also. Uh, Isaiah 31 verse 4. For thus the Lord, for thus the Lord has spoken to me. Listen to this. As a lion roars. And a young lion over his prey, when a multitude of shepherds is summoned against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor be disturbed by their noise. For the Lord, so the Lord of hosts will come down to fight for Mount Zion and for his hill. Amen. He'll come down. What does he do? He comes down to fight for his people. But listen, we are his voice. In this area. And, 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 and this says, like birds flying about, so will the Lord of us defend Jerusalem. Defending, he will also deliver it. Passing over, he will preserve it. Give you another scripture in the book of Revelation. Revelation 10. From verse 1, it says, I, still, I, I saw still another mighty angel. You think they are there? Think they are there for God's people? Yes, they hearken to the voice of His word. I still, I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. Who does it remind you of? Master. Read Revelation chapter 1 from verse 18. Reminds you of Master. He looked like the Master. Of course, he's not. Jesus, he says, his, his face was like the sun. This is an angel, people. And his feet like pillars of fire and a rainbow was on his head. No wonder ladies have been putting on uh, different colors on their heads. But they can't they can match this one. But look at this. And crowd with a loud voice as when what? A lion roars. 
When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Oh, people. We're bigger inside, and who is with us is bigger than we can imagine right now. But we need to imagine it. Do you have anything, Miss Ruth? Pray. Okay, can we join our faith together? Join your hands with each other. When was the last time you joined hands with anyone? Forget about this corona thing. Come on, join your hands and, and let. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, we are your people. Again, you've positioned us in this area. And we are your voice in this area. And therefore, in the name of Jesus, your voice is speaking through us Concerning this area, listen, Garden Estate, listen, Dome, listen, the communities around here. We take authority over the veil of the enemy. We bind the devil, we bind his assignments, we bind. His works and his control over this area in the name of Jesus. And right now, you still speak, you still speak because you have shown in our hearts God who commanded light to shine out of darkness in the beginning. You have shown in our hearts. Therefore, together we say over this area, Light be! Let's say it together. Together we say it over this area, Light be! In the name of Jesus. Lose. God's people lose this area. And Lord, thank you for the blood. We plead the blood of mercy over this area. The blood of Jesus, the blood of mercy, and the blood of grace over this area. In every work that is not of God, that is leading people astray as an open mouth of hell leading people to destruction. We close that work. We close that work in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for the angels. Thank you for your mercy over this area. Thank you for light. The manifestation of prostitution, immorality, thuggery and all that, no more. Your king, your principality has been removed from this area in the name of Jesus. And Father, thank you for light taking off. Light 
taking over this area. Light taking over the homes of this area. Light taking over our rows. This all these rows around here. Light in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for strategies, insight, even to us as a church and the churches around here concerning our place in this area. And we do thank you, Father. I bless your people this evening.